the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. My name is Ryan Warner, and I'm the Director and Executive Coach of Professional Presentation Services. Before we get started today, I just want to say thank you again to all of our loyal listeners. Um, Thank you for emailing in your questions, your tips, your suggestions. Much appreciated. For those of you new to the podcast, please go to professionalpresentationservices.com and subscribe to our bi-weekly dispatch. It's where we put out a new cutting-edge professional speaking tip every other week. So for those of you who are busy out there, but you're interested in receiving some, some quick, easily implementable information and strategies, tips, go to professionalpresentationservices.com and sign up. All right, our topic for today is presenting virtually. I haven't spoke about this yet, but being that we're in the midst of the pandemic, hopefully we're nearing the end of the pandemic as more and more vaccines come out and they're more accessible to the public. Hopefully we're nearing the end, but even if we are, I mean, let's, the reality of the situation is that unfortunately virtual presentations look like they're here to stay, at least in some regard. So I've seen a lot of other presentation experts and folks who fancy themselves coaches and on speaking talk a lot about different types of strategies and I guess adaptions, adaptations of presenting from home, presenting virtually. And I, I've compiled a list and I wanted to give you my take on it because some of them I agree with, some of them I disagree with, and I'll share some of the reasons with you. So today I have compiled six virtual presenting tips that will help you enhance your presentations from home virtually and make more of an impact with your audience. Just before we begin, it's really difficult to uh, to substitute for in-person presentations. There really is virtual presentations. We do the best we can with what we have, but some loss in quality is unavoidable. For example, eye contact and, and some some of the body language you might not be able to fully obtain with virtual presentations. But be that as it may, I'm here to, like I said, address the top six points that I think will be most beneficial for you. So let's get started. Point number one, I've seen a lot about this. People talk about sitting versus standing. And it's interesting when I review some of the other content that's out there when what presenting virtually, sitting versus standing. At the end of the day, a lot of people come back to, well, whatever's most comfortable for you, whatever you feel most comfortable in, right? Try sitting and presenting, try standing and presenting and see what works best, which I mean, the advice is not wrong, but at the same time, it doesn't really offer any any insight, any explanation. I kind of find it a little bit on the fence. So for me, I take a firm stance, stand, do not sit. If at all possible, if you have a standing desk or if there's a circumstance that you could stand while you're presenting, while you're delivering a, a presentation or a speech, you should be standing. And there's a few reasons why. Number one, when you're standing, uh, physiologically, you'll breathe better, okay? Your lungs are more apt to take in air, to filter the oxygen, you'll breathe better, you'll be more calm. This will lead to like a, a myriad of benefits. One of them, the biggest one is you'll be more calm, you'll be more at peace, you'll feel more free, you'll feel more in control because you're standing, you're not sitting. Usually when you're in a seated position, you're more inclined to feel confined and, and I don't I don't want to say trapped, but but definitely you'll feel a little bit more restricted. When you're standing, people tend to feel a little bit more in control, a little bit more powerful, a little bit more authoritative. So you can feel free to stand and use that to your advantage. 
Another advantage of standing, which I, I always preach, the ancient Greeks had it right, like Plato and Aristotle, when these people lectured and they, they did their teachings, they were always walking, Some, most of the time in nature too, but be that as it may, they were always standing and walking around. And there's a great book by uh, Dr. Kelly Starrett. He's, um, he's a doctor in, in San Francisco, and he talks about the amount of brain fog that can happen when you're sitting and trying to think and trying to logic and trying to reason things out and trying to connect dots together. There's a significant amount of brain fog and frustration that can incur, especially when you're trying to deliver a presentation at the same time. So if you have the opportunity, stand. Stand, stretch out a little bit beforehand. It'll give you more confidence and it'll help you deliver more clearly. All right. Now, point number two goes kind of along with that is have your camera at eye level again, if possible. If you have your camera, some people have it when they're standing or when they're presenting their cameras, their, their computers beneath them and they'll flip there or they'll maneuver their camera so it shoots up. It almost looks like it's, it's you know, projecting up, up someone's nostrils. This is not optimal, okay? Because your audience is not getting a good view of you. You won't be able, you'll be either tilting your head down to look at the camera or you'll be looking off, in which case you're sending them the signal that your, your attention is somewhere else. Even if it's fully on them, the signal that they're receiving is that your attention is focused elsewhere because you're looking somewhere else. So keep that in mind. Your camera eye level is the best. It sends the best message. Your audience is more prone to receiving it and you'll speak more clearly. Point number three, uh, I call it set the tone, but it's I, what I mean by set the tone is you can explain, you can lay out before you even begin how you want uh, the presentation to go. So in other words, how you expect the audience to conduct themselves, right? Because people are still adapting. We're, we're still getting used to these Zoom presentations. Some people, and not just Zoom, WebEx, and whatever else, or other, other platforms are on there for web conferencing, but some people feel the need to, they use the, the emojis and the emoticons to give you thumbs up, to ask, raise their hand to ask a question. Other people, they just feel free to just start unmuting themselves and talking. And the, sometimes the presenter doesn't quite know how to, how to handle that on the fly. I mean, that could really throw a wrench in the works if you're so focused on delivering your message and then someone interrupts you or not even interrupts you. Someone just unmutes themselves and you hear background chatter or something. That could really throw you off, right? And then you have to stop what you're saying and ask, you know, kindly, a kind reminder, please mute yourself. And if you're not speaking, if you have a question, type it in the chat, something like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what you want to do is you want to try to prepare, set up the presentation for a, a, as few interruptions as possible. So how do you do that? Before you begin presenting, you can tell your audience. So, so I'm going to be presenting for approximately 20 minutes today, 30 minutes, however long it is. And you're going to say, well, you know, I have, you know, at the end of the presentation, there'll be a 10 minutes for questions. Uh, please feel free to, you know, write your questions then. Or I'm happy if you are comfortable answering your questions throughout, you can say, please feel free to answer your questions in the chat. Um, if you're really bold, you can ask them to unmute themselves and, and speak. The problem is, is sometimes when people speak over each other, you know, that with the web conferencing, it tends to enhance some voices and, and degrade some other voices. So you want to make sure that, you know, everyone has like a, an equal say. Using the chat is a, is a good feature for delivering online. I have found that you can ask them at certain points throughout their presentation or throughout your presentation to type in the chat, ask their questions. And then if you need clarification, you can ask them to unmute themselves and then give you um, oral clarification. But 
that is one of the options. However you feel is best to, to set yourself up, depending on what the, um, I guess, what the norms are in your given work atmosphere in your workplace or in your business. If there's one that's predominant, that's working well, that's adopt that and you can just reiterate them just so that people understand the expectations and they know what to do if they have a question or if they want to speak or if something happens. All right, you just want to let them know that you've planned a little, you've prepared a little bit ahead of time and you have some ideas for them of how they can conduct themselves. Number four, and it goes along with, with doing that, is forecast what you're going to do um, throughout. So, for example, if you have two screens and you're, you know, your Zoom meeting or your web conferencing meeting is on one screen and you have some notes or maybe a slide deck or something you're sharing with them on another screen, let them know that. You know, so right at the beginning, say, uh, thank you folks for coming. I'm working with two screens today, so you might see me view off off screen or off camera occasionally I just double checking my notes because I want to ensure that I'm giving you the most accurate information today something like that goes a long way and I'll tell you why because what happens is during your presentation if you happen to look off screen to refer to your notes and again there's nothing wrong with that but your audience knows what you're doing you've already told them so your audience knows okay he's just or she's just double checking their notes and then when they come back you know, they'll be you know giving us the most accurate information, like just going to take a short period of time. Whereas if they don't tell you that, what may happen is when you're looking off screen, the audience is now thinking, they're questioning, like what is the presenter doing? Are they lost? Have they lost connection? Um, are they still gonna continue with their presentation? Like, and while they're thinking of this, they're not thinking about the message, what you've just told them. And they're not thinking about what you're gonna say next. And in a sense, we say in the presentation world, we say you're losing them. Like they're starting to slip away, right? So in other words, it's almost the equivalent of when you're presenting, like turning your back on the audience to, to reference something in a visual aid or to write something if you have a whiteboard. When you turn your back and you do that, when you break eye contact and they don't know why, you're, you're losing them. You risk losing them anyways. So avoid that if possible. Forecast what you're going to be doing to them if you're, or what you're going to be doing with them if you're looking off screen or if something else comes up. The more you let them know ahead of time, the more they'll be able to stay with you and the better chance that they receive your message accurately. All right. Number five, virtual presentations are notorious for, like I said, having interruptions and things like this. A really good way that I found to streamline the questions and to minimize the interruptions is to build in time periods, build in windows of time for questions. Right, so have the audience, you know, every two or three slides or every, you know, five, 10 minutes, however long you, you choose, build in a minute or two for questions. You, find, you might find that you don't need the whole minute or two. Maybe no one has a question or maybe there's only one question and that's fine. But just make sure you build that in for them and then you can continue on, right? That I've had a lot of success doing that and a lot of my clients have had success doing that. And the reason is because when they do that, the audience feels, number one, they feel, they're, they're happy, they feel content that they have a voice and they're, they're going to be heard. And if they, they know that they don't need to interrupt because in a couple minutes, they're going to have an opportunity to ask their questions anyhow. So that's another good strategy that works really, really well. And you can tie that into the last point and forecast it for them. Tell them at the beginning, say uh, approximately every five or approximately you know every 10 slides, even if you want to say, just keep it open and say, I'm going to be occasionally stopping or periodically uh, stopping to ask for, for questions. So feel free to 
to jot your questions down and ask them in the chat during those times. No problem. Usually that works very effectively with the audience. They receive it and they know what to do. Okay. And even if someone comes in late and they didn't get the instructions, well, then they see what the others are doing and how the others are communicating with you and asking you questions and they'll follow suit. All right. And number six, this is maybe the biggest one. Be patient with responses. Okay. Especially in the chat. So if you're doing more of an interactive presentation or if you're leading a meeting or if you're speaking um, in any situation that you expect the audience to give you some feedback or interact with you, ask questions, make comments, anything like that, we need to be a little bit more patient than in person, right? In person, a lot of the time we can read body language, especially if someone has their hand up, but a lot of the time we can read body language and we can kind of anticipate when someone wants to say something or someone has a question or a comment, right? Virtually, Unless maybe someone unmutes themselves and that's a sign, oh, they're ready to talk. But other than that, we don't really have any indication, right? So people could be typing in the chat and we're not really sure. So give them time, especially because, again, it takes longer to type in what they want to say rather than them just saying it. So they need time to type it in the chat. Sometimes they're trying to find out the best words or, or the best language to phrase their question because they want to be received in the, the best way. We need to, you know, kind of be patient with that. And let them know that too. Again, forecast it, tie it all together. So let them know that. Say, listen, during this presentation, I'm going to build in time for breaks. I'm going to break, sorry. I'm going to build in time for, for questions and, and comments. And I will be patient with you. If you want to type it in, that's fine. Or if you want to type in and ask like, man, I mute myself or I'm going to mute myself and ask a question, that's fine too. Um, however you want, you decide as the presenter that you want them to conduct themselves, your audience, then you have to let them know. All right, so that those are the six presentation tips I have to you today for presenting virtually. If you have any other questions or concerns, please feel free to email in service at professionalpresentationservices.com or follow us on LinkedIn. You can connect with us on LinkedIn. Thank you very much for listening. I hope your next presentation is a game changer. And as usual, we wish you the best of luck in your future speaking endeavors. Mm -hmm.